what really fulfills me is uh, working with people, taking portraits. I find it to be a little bit more challenging, also more rewarding. And it's a way, I love uh, using the camera as a tool of a way of connecting with people. On this episode of the Wellfed Podcast, my guest is Jeremy Cohen, freelance photographer. It was around 2014, 2015 when I first came into contact with Jeremy's work through Instagram, as I'm sure many people do. And um, I was really interested in, in the portraits that he was taking at the time. They were always accompanied by these really awesome, detailed backstories. They weren't just a pretty photo with a moody caption. They always gave context to how he came in contact with these people that he was photographing. And I really appreciated that. So, Jeremy, thank you for taking the time to talk with me. Of course. Thanks for coming through and doing this at the comfort of my own apartment. No, it's great. Your apartment's sick. It's got a great view. Thank you. So... You're originally from Pennsylvania, uh, went to school in New York here. Uh, you went to SVA to study photography. You graduated about 2014. You now have over 140,000 followers on Instagram. You've worked with nonprofits, agencies, brands, such as like Beats by Dre, HP, Jameson. You've even photographed some sort of famous people, to name a few, Larry David, Post Malone, Miley Cyrus, Jonathan Van Ness. How'd you know I photographed Larry David? I went back, man. I did my homework. Wow. 21 Savage, Timothy Goodman, the list goes on. But I want to kind of fill in some of the gaps here. It's been said that you got your creativity from your mom, who was an amazing storyteller when you were younger. Yeah, so I think my love for photography stems from my mom. She's an artist and her main job that she kind of created for herself was telling interactive stories at schools, at events, mostly like Jewish folktale stories. And she would do it in a unique way where she had this arsenal of like costumes that were always in our basement. And depending on what story she was telling, that time of year, she would bring certain costumes and bring them to her performances and then have kids come up on stage while she was telling the stories and have the kids act them out with these props and costumes, which made, which was really unique. I didn't realize it at the time, but it was a way that, that kids would be more interested in the stories as opposed to just telling a story on stage. They weren't falling asleep. Yeah, they weren't falling asleep. <laughs> My mom made it fun and funny, and everyone was always laughing while also learning. Did you ever have to uh, go up there as well? Yeah, I went up a couple of times. From there, did you grow up around art? Did you grow up learning about other ways of storytelling and, and things like that? Yeah, I mean, I took the mandatory art class in elementary school. And then in high school, there were some electives that we had to take. And photography seemed like one of the more interesting ones to me. So it was a film photography class where I learned how to shoot film and develop film all on like 35 millimeter film for the That's most cool. part had a dark room in our school in high school which was yeah and it was a That's public sick. school i'm like i'm surprised we had that program yeah. for knowing our school but uh shout out to freedom high school and mr <laughs> king for uh for having that program because that's, that's that was really cool. definitely my favorite class in high school was that the first time you picked up a camera or was there a time before that uh yeah so i picked up a camera shortly before that class, which is, it piqued my interest to take that class as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the first time I picked up a camera was my family, my sister, my mom, my dad would go on a vacation every year. Mm-hmm. And I think it was when I was 15 years old, our family vacation was to Yellowstone National Park, which was really awesome. I haven't um, been. 
I need to yeah, go. Was, yeah, that was the only time I've ever been. I, I want to go back. It would be really cool to go back, which was like 12 years ago now, I guess. And my dad was always really into gadgets, kind of like you were how you were telling me your dad is sound Big nerd. into gear. Yeah, he loves his sound gear. Uh, so my dad loves his gadgets, ranging from whether it's like a camera or a bidet toilet <laughs> like he loves just like or he was really into air he's really into airplanes too like model um, airplanes or just like big 747s big air like really? he used to be a pilot back in the day so that's he, that's he really reads, cool. he reads i think he reads one magazine and it's airplane magazine <laughs> um <laughs> that's pretty but sick. yeah so he went to this random convention while he was away for work and this was right when i think digital cameras were coming out like pocket cams mm-hmm. uh point and shoots point and shoot digital cameras that were a little bit more advanced so he bought this one camera and brought it on our trip and my sister ended up borrowing it from him my sister's a year younger than me so naturally we we're like pretty competitive i have two sisters two younger sisters yeah. and yeah growing up it was always like i can do better than you yeah. <laughs> exactly so that that's how it was between us for a lot of things and she started taking photos on this camera and was showing my parents and showing me, and I got a little jealous. I wanted it. I thought they were really cool photos, and I wanted to take better photos. What was she taking pictures of? I mean, we were just out in nature hiking and, you know, seeing mountain ranges and just... uh, Everything around you, basically. Yeah, everything around us was just beautiful. It was Mm -hmm. like... It's hard to take a bad photo. <laughs> yeah. I, <think. laughs> I mean, that's cool and, though, growing up. Yeah. You know, you're just so curious and everything is like, you know, you have these big yeah. wide eyes. Yeah. And, uh, it was an enjoyable trip for me, but taking photos felt was such a, once I started taking pictures on this camera and like seeing how they came out, it, it was just such a good feeling. And when I, I think, I don't know what the social media was at that time, whether it was like Zanga or MySpace, but I remember. Yeah posting the photos on there and then some of my friends said whoa these are cool and then it gave me the confidence to keep shooting and then eventually i got a i asked my parents for a camera like a year later for my 16th birthday and since then it was like a big gift for me so i, I promised myself and that i think i might have promised them that i would use it and start shooting and you know it wasn't just a gift that was just gonna sit in my closet like, hit the shelf like, or something like yeah that. it was like yeah. a really really important gift to me so made it a point almost every weekend to like go out and shoot somewhere with my friends whether it was hiking trails we live pretty close we grew up pretty close to the Appalachian Trail so different different places along the Appalachian Trail or just hiking trails around Pennsylvania there's so many good ones that are pretty close by between that and going to like looking up abandoned buildings (laughs) online like that was my There's a plenty of those in Jersey and Pennsylvania. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and like my friends and I would have so much fun just like going out there. And then I was the dude who brought the camera and documented yeah. the moments. So that's pretty awesome that you kind of made that promise when you were younger. You know, like I don't think I can't remember any promises I made to myself when I was 16, 17. I think the only one was never crash my a car again because I crashed my mom's like mm. Corvette, not a Corvette, sorry, convertible when I was younger. Oh, man. And I cried. And she it was terrible. There's nothing, I mean, I can do it now, right? Like, I'm, I'm pretty disciplined now where I say, like, I want to do this. But to do that as a kid is, is pretty big. And obviously to see where you are now, you know, that's something that's been kind of taken up since, since then. Yeah, I appreciate that. 
at the time, I don't think I realized how maybe how mature of an eye of a thought that was for me to have, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like that with everything. Trust me. It was like, <laughs> this was definitely, sure. I slacked off in a lot of other departments, but I, yeah, I just really liked photography a lot and cared about it and also didn't want to disappoint my parents. So a combination of those things led to shooting more and becoming a photographer. Fast forward just a little bit, right? So you were taking art classes, you were taking photography classes in high school. And that was obviously something, you know, as you said, you're, you were very interested when you were younger. Did it just feel natural to go to study photography in, in college? I was definitely interested in it, but at the same time, I was a little embarrassed by it because most of my friends in high school, we were mostly into sports mm-hmm. and other like guy things. Yeah, and guy I don't things. know, at the, <laughs> at the time I just felt like... Because we're guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was my mindset, just like doing art, going to art school might come off as not manly enough, which is just such a silly idea. That's that's honestly how I felt. So I was like embarrassed to even apply to art school, even though I really wanted to. I was scared of what my friends and what my parents even would think of me, Uh, especially with my my sister going to like an Ivy League school kind of thing. Really? like. And our competitive nature, just, I don't know. (laughs) Ivy League school. Yeah. That's big. Yeah, that's a a big, you know, kind of... uh... Uh, ladder bar to kind of hit, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I understand like growing up with two younger sisters, it was always at the dinner table. It's like, Oh, I did this. So it's like, Oh, well, I did this better. And yeah. I'm sure that conversation comes up still to this day. So yeah, I, totally. I can see yeah. That. we just, we just had different routes. Uh, yeah, we're interested in totally different things. She still is an amazing artist as well, but decided to go the route. I don't think it makes going to an Ivy League school versus going to like an art school never, not just for us, but for anyone out there. It just yeah. doesn't, there's no difference, right? It's just like you're good at one thing and the other person's better at another right. thing. Also, know? just to mention, it's not like I had the choice to go to an Ivy League <laughs> school. I did not get good grades. So yeah, so I was applying to like some state schools and then just for fun, I applied to SVA and then like one other art school in Colorado. And when I got accepted to SVA, I went to visit it. Even though, like, New York City was always so close to me, mm-hmm. like, only an hour and a half away from where I grew up, I never went to the city growing up. Yeah. And I just didn't really understand, like, how imperative New York City could be to live in, to go to school it's in as an artist. Is, yeah. yeah, it's, like, it's the photo capital of the world, in my opinion, which I didn't even think of at the time. But anyway, I went to, I remember I went with my parents to visit SVA, did a tour, and then after the tour, I'm like, yeah, I think I'll go here. It feels so then, like home. Yeah. So, yeah. So then that's when I moved to 18. I moved to New York City when I was 18, did four years at SVA. What yeah, was the I'm program like? Um, the program was pretty good. Like, there's a really good community of uh, students and teachers there. Like, all the teachers are working professionals. Yeah. So, which is a blessing and a curse in the sense that. It's a lot of, from my experience at least, it was a lot of hit or misses. Like, some teachers, I really just, like, it just worked for me. Like, I really liked, well, one, a certain teacher's work, body of work. I think that automatically makes me more willing to learn from them more and just seem like better teachers to me. And then other teachers where I just didn't, maybe didn't really understand their work or didn't like their work. It was hard to connect. It was harder to connect and learn from them. Slash, some teachers, it just doesn't translate some professionals like doesn't translate of them entailing them being a good teacher which i found so yeah i had some great teachers there i had some i had some very so-so teachers there but overall just sva having like really good facilities and access to gear and equipment and also 
just surrounding yourself with other students that aren't slacking off that are like want to be there and want to learn and want to create projects is really important to helping yourself grow. So, really competitive? Yeah, it can be and not like competitive and like in a bad way. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. I mean competitive in the sense that uh, yeah, it was a good good amount of competition uh between other people. Yeah. That kind of pushed you to Yeah, you need the competition yeah. and and yeah, it was it was good cuz I wanted I mean, that's how we all grow, kind of push each other. So Is there anything you look back on from, you know, from like any of the classes of the program as a whole that, you know, you still hold close to you today and and working? Yeah, so I mean, no regrets, but still I kind of have a little regret. <laughs> Yo, I when Instagram came out, I started shooting a 365 project mm-hmm. where it was like just all cell phone photos. I was really interested of just cell phone photography, honestly, when other kids in my class were shooting like medium format or like large format film photos or just like totally traditional. Yeah. Totally like more traditional types of photography. Whereas this was a point, this was like, I got to school in 2010. So this was like 2011, 2012 when I wanted to do this. And yeah, my critique teacher at the time kind of slash, yeah, People didn't take it as seriously in the class, and the teacher kind of didn't really encourage me to shoot more that way, which at the time, I listened to it, and I really wish I wouldn't have, because this was at a time, I mean, photography is changing so much every day, but this was at a time where photography was really changing. Instagram came out, digital cameras were getting a lot better, we're also capable of shooting video. Everything was changing so rapidly, and you know... Some of my teachers at the time were kind of out of the loop with that and didn't really understand that. I feel like my gut feeling, I got that and I wanted to roll with that wave. They're like resisting and, this idea. Of and like yeah, like having a camera I, I really wish my teachers would have saw that potential at the time and then kind of saw how into it I was and kind of pushed encouraged, me a little, yeah. encouraged me a little bit more in that direction. And it didn't. They just, they wanted me. I mean, this was like one or two teachers, like just, uh, encouraged me to, you know, you're here for school, you have all this access to all this equipment, which was true. You should be shooting with this gear and that in itself slowing, though, slowing did, down a little bit. Did um, that push you more to, you know, kind of resist that urge to Yeah, to so I, I, I listened to them after that and mm-hmm. I shot I shot more film, but then I realized like, nah, this isn't what I <laughs> this doesn't feel right. This isn't what I want to do. So it wasn't until senior year that I I went more with my uh, with my gut feeling. I feel like I've, he- I've heard not just from you, but just like in general, like gut feeling is like the strongest kind of pull. You know, it just it's rarely ever wrong, and sometimes you just need to kind of go with it. You really got to listen to yourself, listen to your body. Whether I mean, whether it's a health thing, whether there's something like you feel like there's wrong with your actual body, <laughs> like you know better than any other doctor. Pay more attention. Know. Yeah, but also with like any decision or choice in life like uh yeah if you know you know and you know yourself better it's than one of those natural does, so. forces that you can't really just ignore yeah you shouldn't ignore yeah i looked up uh some of your past experience while you're in school and i saw that you interned for snl did was yeah. that what was that by luck how did you come across that yeah so that was actually through my school i believe they sent out an email they would send out emails of internship opportunities which I did. A, that was the one internship I did through SNL. I think I did a total of four internships while I was in school. Yeah. So I reached out, I applied, uh, I showed them my work, my website at the time, wrote up a little thing of why I was interested. And yeah, they, 
they got back to me and I remember I was so nervous to go in there and went in for an interview and they hired me as an intern. What were some of the things that uh, you had to do as an intern for SNL? So first of all, I did this internship knowingly that it was a 30 to 40 hour a week commitment. Oh, wow. So while I was in school, so I set up my schedule that I had like nine hours of classes, six or nine hours of classes, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I think it was like nine hours, six hours, nine hours. And then Thursday and Friday I had off and as well as Saturday and Sunday, of course. So my schedule was, I was at SNL all day, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. So what I would do there was, are you an SNL fan at all? I am an SNL fan. Okay, it's cool. funny, while I was um, doing some research the other night, I just, I've i just had this thing lately where I just pull up YouTube and go through like the most recent SNL clips, and I eventually go down this rabbit hole that always brings me to Sean Connery Jeopardy skits, which I... It's, oh, wow. You can't go wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, so, you know, Weekend Update. Mm-hmm. So all those little images that would go in the TV screen, uh, we would I would help light those, shoot those. There's two photographers that worked there, Dana Edelson at the time and Mary Ellen Matthews. So I shot those with Dana Edelson. I mean, I didn't shoot them. I just like helped shoot them. Mm -hmm. I wish I could have shot them. And then for Mary Ellen Matthews, we shot the bumper images of whatever celebrity was featured that week. So we would do test shots to make sure we wanted, we got the shot we wanted to do on Thursday. And then Friday we would Oh, I think Saturday we might, no, Friday we would shoot the bumper images and then, yeah, it was different every week, but, uh, yeah. Did you ever, you know, my immediate thought after just kind of following you on Instagram and things like that, seeing your personality through your photographs, did you, did it ever cross your mind of potentially being, uh, an extra or something in a skit? Was that ever, you know, like a dream or a hope? Totally. Yeah. I love, I'm actually pretty interested in acting. I'm interested in music. I'm interested in acting. If opportunities ever come up. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I, I entertained the idea a little bit, but it never happened. Did they ever just like hurdle all the interns and they were like, come up with a skit? <laughs> no, no, definitely <laughs> not. Well, I was also a photo intern. There were writing interns. There oh, were, yeah. okay. So I think I think some other interns might have been in skits, like in the backgrounds and stuff. I'm some not sure. More theater actor kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. programs, sure. Yeah. That makes, that makes sense. You mentioned that you kind of developed this 365 project. And you've also kind of developed a bunch of other personal projects that you, you know, have posted through Instagram and things like that. One of the ones that I was really kind of hoping to talk to you about was your pizza portraits. Oh, wow. Where did you come up with the idea for portraits of pizza? Yeah, so that's that's actually one of the projects that got me work initially, believe it or not. Such a silly project at the t- looking back at it, but... Yeah. So I think I was, well, first of all, I love pizza ever since moving to New York, like dollar slice, certain pizza spots. Like it's just, it's part of the culture of New York, eating pizza (laughs) with friends, having a good time. So for Halloween, I'm always, you know, I usually kind of plan these things last second and I was like, okay, what should I be for Halloween? And I saw a pizza costume and I bought it and I was a pizza for Halloween. And then after that, I had a pizza costume. So I was like, what should I do with this? And I guess I just got the idea to start a project of photographing people wearing the pizza costume. <laughs> so yeah, I I just photographed a bunch of different people. I initially photographed one person wearing the pizza costume, and then other people reached out saying they wanted to they wanted to be photographed with the pizza. So I'm like, okay, and I made a series out of it. So you're a big pizza eater. Do you have any favorite places that you like to go? Yeah, so uh, I think Joe's is my favorite. 
Joe's where? Just Joe's Pizza. There's a couple locations. There's one in Union Square, one in West Forth. Uh, it's just really thin, sli- thin slices of pizza. I think my other one is Emmy Squared. It's more of a restaurant though in Williamsburg. It's like deep dish ish pizza. I haven't had deep um, dish yet. I'm kind of afraid. Yeah. I mean, it's worth a try. <laughs> it's worth. It's totally worth a try. Different experience. Yeah. yeah Different yeah. pizza experience. Yep. Also in in my neighborhood where I live in Bushwick. The best like late night spot at right before if you're going out. I went there last night, honestly. If you're going out and you're ready to wrap up the night, but you're still a little hungry, like I'll I'll stop at Archie's on the way home. Oh, Archie's! Yeah, I've been Archie's there pizza. a few times. So it's it's a amazing pizza, like drunk pizza, but also like really good pizza. And then also really good food. The yeah, whole menu. Uh-huh. Like, they do those sandwiches, sandwiches are really good. Ooh. Yeah, nightcap with with a beer and a pizza. <laughs> pretty unhealthy but just feels so good and life is life is short so you gotta enjoy it these are one of the one of the bushwick traditions for me i tend to just put that thought of unhealthy in the back of my mind and oh yeah enjoy it absolutely (laughs) yeah archie's archie's is is really good you mentioned earlier that and you're just when we uh, were talking before that you're really into bikes you have a bike in your apartment you also have a moped that's really really pretty thank you um but that also is what kind of uh, attracted you or, or led you to taking Instagram more serious? Yeah, so this was senior year of college, right at the beginning. Somebody that I was following named Tim Cow, he was organizing an Instagram bike meetup. I considered going, but I just like kind of entertained the idea. I didn't think I would actually go. It was on a Sunday morning, at like, which was my one day off. And Were you still interning at- for SNL at the time? I believe I was, yeah. Ooh. It might have been... Mm, actually, it might have been right afterwards. I think it was right afterwards. And it was on a Sunday morning at like 8 or 9 a.m. to meet that's, up. That's rough. To meet up in like the financial district and then ride across to Jersey. And then, yeah, and I don't know. I didn't think I would do it. And then the night before, I was kind of... I was in early and I was like, okay, you know, I'll give this a shot. And it was scary because I was just going to meet up with people I've never met. Strangers? Yeah, strangers from the internet. It was my first ever Instagram meetup. I went to a bunch after that. But yeah, I brought my bike. I love biking. I love photography. So it just like made sense that I should go. And I went, and that day I met a lot of really cool people that I connected with. Like to sh- We shared love of bikes and photography. And Do you still stay in touch with a bunch of them? Yeah, um, I, I definitely stay in touch with some. Uh, but mainly one guy specifically, one of my best friends now, Sam Morrison, Sam Morrison, aka Sam the Cobra on Instagram. Yeah, we met that day and we're still really good friends even though he lives across the country now in LA. I'm actually flying to LA tomorrow and I'm going to see him, so I'm excited for that. That's that's cool. Yeah, and we've worked from there, we've worked on a bunch of uh projects together uh just for fun. And he's also one of the reasons why I started getting work. He recommended me for my first uh, real gig. What was that? It was actually with uh, Beats by Dre. Ah, so that's with cool. the headphones that you're wearing right now are the headphones that I photographed for my first these, gig. These are enough. seasoned. These yeah. are these are definitely yeah. seasoned. As you headphones. can tell, as you can tell, yeah, so that makes sense. That's cool. But yeah, they got the character. You know, they, I, I'll never. They sound they're, great. They're, yeah, they're they're great headphones, and they they represent they represent a lot for me. So I. I don't. I don't think I could ever. Uh... When these retire, you'll put them in a glass case. Exactly. Seriously. <laughs> like, yeah. That's pretty cool. You maybe auction them off something. Yep. I went ahead and scrolled all the way to the bottom of your Instagram, 
And, you know, I, I went to some of the very first photos. One of them was, I think, a dog in the back of a trunk. That was my first ever Instagram photo. <laughs> couldn't, you know, couldn't be any better, really, considering the amount of dogs that are posted on Instagram today. And although, you know, you could see a little bit of a difference in technology, obviously, you know, I, I know the first photo I took almost clear as day was I was packing up for a spring break trip and I had my shoes in a row next to my, my duffel bag and I took a photo and it was the blurriest thing ever. But for you, you just have a consistent thread in all those photos since then. You know, you have these little kind of moments of where you're interested in a certain aspect, but there's there's just connecting thread of being interested in people, doing portraiture. What interested you in that? It stems from the fact that I'm a people person. Like, I love people. I love, I'm very outgoing and yeah, I get that from my mom as well. I love working with people. I mean, as a photographer compared to like shooting products or shooting landscapes, I still do a little bit of that stuff, but what really fulfills me is uh, working with people, taking portraits. I find it to be a little bit more challenging, also more rewarding. And it's a way, I love uh, using the camera as a tool of a way of connecting with people for giving me giving me a reason to have a conversation with someone or like being able to open up with someone through the camera. I think that was, and, and as I kind of mentioned at the beginning, that was something that I was really drawn to your work where you always had these really detailed stories and they weren't just, um, you know, just like moody captions, like, I don't know, rainy day, whatever, you know, right, like right, mood right. or something like that. They were always really in depth about who the person was, where they were coming from, what they were doing. And I thought that was really unique because, you know, people, as much as it is sharing photos and, and making them pretty and making them look good and sharp and all that, I think it's, it's very much about storytelling, which this, I think is one of the main reasons why I connected with you. What do you think of when you're taking a photo? Like what, what goes through yeah, your head? So I, I mean, I just want to bring out the most honest version of people of themselves the their vulnerable moment their moment that is most of them i hope to bring that out in photos and for for them to even see and yeah i think um you know your your feed your instagram feed your portfolio is just photos on photos of, of people and you've even gone to start a separate account that account is called today i photographed is that something that you're still doing consistently? Um, how is that project going? Yep, so that's that's my passion project. It's still the project that I care about the most. I originally thought of it because I was, I was in a creative rut at the time. I didn't really, I wasn't really shooting anything. I didn't pick up my camera in a, in a week or two. And I was like, okay, I need to do something. And at that time, one of my friends, Justin Aversano, was doing a 365 birthday project where he would for a whole year he would find someone whose birthday it was and take a portrait of them i was doing that for a little bit for the month of august oh, my really? birthday's in august and i just wanted to figure out if i knew somebody for every day of august and yeah I, you know that project or not even a project that thought has fallen to the side but yeah. um that's that that's a very that's got to be pretty tough oh yeah it's super challenging so i really ad admired his uh hustle to get a, some get a portrait of someone's birthday every day like he went all over yeah it was a really cool project and he completed it he did it every day for a year as well as i was a, i'm a casey neistat fan and he was doing his daily vlog at the time like making a whole video every day thought was really cool and i really enjoyed his well his way of storytelling and then there's also honey who does humans in new york mm. brandon stan who does, you know, everyone's pretty much familiar with him in New York. He t 
takes portraits of people and tells their story. Like the way he gets people to open up. He's just like such a great storyteller. I just, I, I just looked at that project and I thought like, I want to do that, but like also take better photos. Mm -hmm. So combined with, uh, those three people I looked up to, uh, that's how I came up with my idea for today. I photographed where I would every day for a year or maybe longer, I would find a stranger on the street and photograph them and tell their story in, in a caption. Do you have any plans for what, what it may become? Like? Well, yeah. So I, <laughs> I did that every day for 614 days. I think I got to in a row. I took someone's portrait and then told the story and posted it that day, which turned into, I did the math. It was about on average, like I spent three to four hours every day for 614 days on this project specifically. I'm good at Between, math, but I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Between like trying to find a person, taking the portrait, spending time with them, going back editing, then writing up the caption and posting and interacting a little bit. Um, yeah, it was about anywhere between three to four hours a day on average. After 614 days, I got a little bit burned out and I said, all right, it's time to move on a little bit. So I'm still doing the project, except just a little bit more higher production value in the sense that I'm not just choosing one photo to post anymore. I'm utilizing the carousel feature that Instagram has and I'm posting a series of photos, whether it's like a couple portraits, a couple detail shots, as well as some like raw iPhone interviews. So now I, I try to interview people I photograph so you kind of, you, you could see how they talk and their body, man, their, their mannerisms and just they could tell their story from their perspective as well as how I perceive them in the, in the caption and write about them. And sometimes it's a little interactive too. You could hear my voice in the interview. And so it's, it's a little bit different now and I don't do it every day because it takes a little bit longer in between traveling and working and actually, yeah, between know, I want to functioning. I wanna, exactly. I want to focus on other projects too. I was also during this whole project that I was doing today. I photographed every day <laughs> for most of that time. I was actually in a relationship and looking, looking back on it, it definitely hindered our, our relationship. Cause I, you know, doing that for three to four hours a day, plus everything else going on with work. And then also, it's tough. yeah. And also how much, uh, how much she valued our quality time together. Def looking back on it, I don't know. How, I, I feel really bad I didn't... Uh, I've been in that situation. Yeah. It's really tough, and it's it's hard to find that balance. Right? Totally. And I Something's got to give at some point. Yeah, because like, I had the incentive to shoot a portrait every day. So if we were hanging out later in the day and I didn't shoot my portrait that day, like I had to make it happen, and I was stressed. Yeah, and it doesn't lead to you know the best relationship or the best kind of interaction ever because you, you, know, you could be hanging out with someone, but you actually... You're not mentally there. You're thinking about totally, other absolutely, and yeah, I, you I'm sure you've learned from it. Yeah, no, I totally learned from it. So one of my one of my goals now is just to yeah to be able to separate work from personal life and I'm, the relationships with people I care about. The management side of it, because I was doing yeah. I was doing something really similar where you know I'd go to work, I'd try to work out in the morning, I would try to work on personal projects, and then still have spending time with you know your significant other, your partner, and um, it was tough and it, yeah. it, it takes a toll on you because we're 27, 26, we're young. Yeah. And when you're even younger, and this was a couple of years ago, you just don't have the mind right. of to separating that time and, and actually valuing that stuff. So, you know, it's, it's an experience you have to go through, I think, for being creative, someone in general, you know, just for everybody. But, um, I think you come out at the end, you know, at least understanding where you want to spend your time, what's most valuable to you and, and how do you manage that? Absolutely. Yeah. If you're, 
if you are a freelance artist listening to this right now, one of the most valuable skills you can learn and have is time management. To be able to, when you're your own boss, so I'm, I'm a freelance photographer and, you know, no one's telling me really what to do. So I could easily, if I, if I let myself, I could easily slack off and just not do anything. But you got to be able to like separate, schedule out your days and like have time for this and for that and be able to finish all your deadlines. It's a really important skill to learn. As weird as it sounds, I've, I've gotten really cozy with Google Calendar now where I block out my days when I need to actually get stuff done and hold myself accountable because, yeah, you know, you, you can say, oh, yeah, I'm going to work on this for an hour, two hours, and then three hours later you're on YouTube scrolling yep. down, yep. <laughs> and down you a know, rabbit hole. And, yeah, like give yourself some time to do the rap, like be able to scroll down a rabbit hole on YouTube and just give yourself some me time as well. And whenever you're with your friends, it's important to, it's just really important to be present and be there. I've learned, I've learned the harder way. I mean, not the harder way, but I mean, I've just learned that over time. It's like, I appreciate when people are really present with me and I like to think this, I mean, it's reciprocated the same way back. So you've worked with a bunch of different brands, as you mentioned, Beats by Dre. You just got back from Austin City Limits with Honda. How was that experience? Was it your first time at Austin City Limits? It was my first time in Austin City Limits. Yeah. Second time in Austin, but also my I consider it my first time in Austin, really, because the the first time I was there, I was only there for a day. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. I was there for eight days this time. Uh, I got to see one of my best friends, Kevin Lopez. We we spent a lot of time together, and we, we were like really good friends from high school. And he got a job out in Austin, Texas, now as a physical therapist. He's Doctor Lopez now, technically, which is awesome. And I I don't get to see him that much anymore, so it was a good excuse. It it was. A work trip, but also a really good time catching up with one of my good buds. Yeah, so I was in Austin working with Honda. They were a great client. The the project that I shot for them was for their uh, new Honda Accord Hybrid. Uh, <laughs> Hybrid's coming out next yeah. year. Yeah. I just think of birds when I say the word hybrid. I don't know why. You can read it really quickly and it looks yeah. the same. Yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's a really cool car. So the project was me getting to travel around Austin, just explore the city of Austin, which I would naturally want to do. And I did it with their car. So through different neighborhoods and different parts of Austin, just drove around with, a, with like a couple of friends helping me out. And we would just photograph the car in certain areas. And that was the first couple of days, as well as just like eating a lot of tacos. Nice. Uh, the food in Austin... I feel like saying the food in a city is really good. Like the food in this city is really good. Or that. But where did but you like, get the tacos? Specifically, like Austin has such not only such great food selections, but also just restaurants and bars. Just have you know, just going walking inside these places, the interiors and just the vibe in these places are really cool. So I don't say that about any city, but Austin was really cool in the sense that very very cool bars and restaurants. Were there any places that come to mind that uh, you remember going to? The first place I got to when I got there was actually a chain called Torchy's Tacos. It was really good and extremely reasonably priced. And the people there were just over the top nice, which all which goes a long way in my book. I always remember the service and just people there were really good. Also, this f- small food truck called Rosita's that's just parked outside in a parking lot. Just authentic, like Mexican food, like breakfast tacos yeah so I, I went there like three times while i was there to get breakfast tacos which were incredible rosita's that sounds, that sounds really good yeah and then i think the third place what was this place called i want to say it was called crumb but that wasn't the name it was this brunch spot uh i can't remember the name of it i'm not gonna you can get back to me yeah on that i'll one. get back i'll get back to you. <laughs> 
So Austin sounds, it sounds like a really good city and working with Honda obviously was a fun project. Yeah. So, so actually that was the first part of the project. And then the second part was their sponsor at Austin city limits music festival. So they had a big uh, activation there with some of their cars that people could go sit in and Mm -hmm. check out and did some other cool things there. So I I covered a little bit of the festival there for them and photographed uh, the activation. And then, yeah, I just, through my Instagram, I told the story of my experience. So you work with a bunch of different brands. Are you doing anything in your work specifically? Are you, are you doing anything in your personal projects to attract working with clients like this? Or are you just creating work that you want to want to be noticed for? You know, is there is there a different process that you're going yeah, through? I'd, I'd say a little bit more of the latter. You got to find a balance. Like I think the most important thing is you got to be able to, as an artist, create stuff that you want to make. Because if you're creating stuff that you don't really care about, then why should anyone else care about it? If and you got to enjoy what you're making. So I just shoot stuff that I really like. So naturally, I enjoy taking portraits of people. So I made a project today I photographed taking portraits of people and to be able to have it all in one place as opposed to just, you know, just random portraits taking of people. I think it's really important to like make a project, have somewhere for images to come together to tell a story together as well as, you know, each photo also speaks for itself. So th- through that, um, naturally, I think brands or companies want to work with me to create stuff similar to that for them. They kind of they find value in your work. Yeah. Whereas, they, they, you know, you're not just trying to shoehorn a project or pitch a project because it's something that you love to do. When you're not working on projects, when you're not working for clients, you know, what do you how do you just relax? What are you doing to kind of take your mind off? Are you working on other projects? Or are you taking yeah. time? Are you Netflixing? Do you soul cycle? I don't soul cycle. I mean, so I have a lot of good friends here, so I spend a lot of time with friends. And also, yeah, I have a couple TV shows I watch here and there. Uh, what are you, what try- are you watching? So I just finished watching The Sopranos, actually, for the first time. <laughs> so that was really good. And then I also just finished the uh, second season of Big Mouth, <laughs> Big which Mouth. is pretty... pretty uh, it's e- a Nick Kroll show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good show. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Have you watched Maniac at all? I haven't, but I will. That's a good show. I will eventually. Really stoked on that. I just yeah. finished it the other day, and it's. At first, I was really confused, and then afterwards, I'm like, I, I kind of feel like I'm missing. I want more. I want another season to come out really yeah. soon, but it's a, uh, it's a great show. I'm only somewhat familiar with Bushwick, and as you mentioned, Archie's is a really dope spot. What are some of the other places in the neighborhood that you uh, go to grab a drink or grab food? Do you have a favorite type of food that you like? Yeah. Uh, it's it's hard to say. It all depends on my mood. Sure, I'm yeah. a ramen guy. I love ramen. Oh yeah, ramen's great. I mean, I pretty much like all food besides Dijon honey mustard, cilantro, and there's some, I don't really like kimchi. I haven't had kimchi, so I, I couldn't I couldn't give a, a great response to that. But that basically honey mustard and cilantro. Well, I like honey mustard, just Dijon. Dijon honey mustard. Although I'm slowly starting to like it more, I still don't like it. But taste buds change every ten years, I think. Yeah. Someone fact so, check me on that. Yeah. I used to hate pickles, and I now have just come around to eating them on my chicken sandwiches. It's so yeah, good. pickles are incredible. Uh, definitely a big pickle fan here. <laughs> so my favorite spots in the neighborhood to eat or drink. I'm trying to turn up a little bit with a couple friends. Three Diamond Doors is really cool and local. Three Diamond Doors. I've been there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They play some music in the back. I like it there. And then if I'm trying to play pool and chill or even like kind of an okay date spot is Carmelo's, okay. which is a newer bar. I think they've been open for a year now, but it's like a really nice dive bar. And they have an upstairs with two pool tables. So I like pool a lot. 
so I play pool there sometimes. And then other other bar in the neighborhood, hmm. I mean, House of Yes is really cool. I've only been there a couple of times, but it's always a crazy time and definitely a unique spot yeah. um, to all of New York. They, you know, they have people like dancing from the ceilings. I'm not sure what it's exactly called, but in like hula hoops or like things that are dangling from the ceiling, like people will be <laughs> it's like dancing. Circus yeah, it's like circus circus vibes in there. Um, and then for food, oh, there's so many good spots. How do I, I mean? Give me two. Okay, so two recommendations. There's this Venezuelan, like, arepa spot called Guacuco. Me and my boys, like, that's our spot. <laughs> tear it up. Yeah, we tear that place up. Like, so good. Pabellion Criolla. Ooh. And then, what's another? If I had to pick one more. I mean, I get. I already said Archie's, so I'm not going to say that. Uh, I, mm, I really like Sushi Noodle, the sushi spot. It's pretty low-key. Um, there's You can only sit, fit, like, eight people in there. So yeah, get your sushi and get out. Yeah, it's it's. I, I like the sushi there a lot. A couple of my friends don't like it that much, but I I really like it. Teach their own. Yeah, teach their <laughs> own. So, um, I asked the question on uh, I I put out a, a prompt on Instagram. I, you know, I'm gonna be talking with you today. If anyone has any questions, um, point them out, and um, you can ask questions at wellfed.us on Instagram. And the one question I got was, uh, "What's your favorite meal to eat at the end of a shitty day?" Oh wow. Favorite meal to eat at the end of a shitty day? Yeah, it depends. But I'd say the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, pizza. It makes me happy. Like, maybe even Archie's. Archie's like is like the late night spot. So if it's after a shitty day, if it's at night, I'd say like, yeah, pizza or sushi will make me feel better. Very yeah. opposite, <laughs> opposite yeah. spectrums. Comfort versus, uh, I don't even know what you would, what genre sushi fits into. Yeah, maybe not sushi. I think, I think pizza is the move. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it's a good question though. Um, that's cool. We're going into we're going to be going into 2019. What are you looking to do before the end of the year? And then what's you know on your kind of radar for? Right. So I mean, I just had a huge curveball in my life, as I mentioned to you right before we started this podcast. I'm in a intramural soccer team, and our second game into the season, which was about two to three weeks ago, three weeks ago probably, I got injured. I tore my ACL, which was pretty scary. I couldn't walk for a week and I'm a pretty like mobile person, pretty active, like to get around, you know, photography requires a lot of, yeah. So I was kind of bedridden for a week. I had crutches. And then after that, the swelling stopped. So now I could walk on, I could walk almost normally now, but it requires that I need to get surgery. So I'm finishing up, you know, all my obligations of like work and family stuff over the next three weeks and then uh, I'm planning on getting surgery sometime sometime November maybe early December yeah so I'm I'm, I'm curious I've never had this type of injury before neither have I um, so but I I've, I, I've heard yeah I've I've heard uh, it's not the best injury to get sure. so I'm gonna I've had I'm friends be, yeah I've done that and um, you know they recover it's, yeah. it's not uh you know you can't go jumping off a building or right. you know, doing yeah, anything no, crazy I'm definitely gonna recover I'm just scared how long it's gonna take like if I'm not gonna be able to do things I want to do I mean that's a fact but I just hope it's like your brain you're, you're just gonna be anxious to get yeah, out yeah but at the same time I'm keeping a positive spirit about it and gonna gonna make the best of it maybe get into some other creative endeavors that I haven't been able to do before and just kind of excited in a way to be able to slow down and maybe learn some new skills in like video editing or read some more books or just do some more things that doesn't that doesn't require me to like do my normal thing which is like ride bikes and skate and just yeah. slow so. down a little bit i saw you yeah. um you had uh you started a youtube 
uh, account. Did start a YouTube. And there's two videos on <laughs> there's there. There's only two. And one of them was from uh, the Philadelphia Eagles winning the Super Bowl. And you went there and you recorded it and it was really funny. Uh, I thought it was great. You had some really awesome shots in there and I think you do great. You're very mindful of, you know, there's one, one or two uh, cuts where... I think you're standing on a truck and you're seeing these two kids dance and then you go up close to them and you're recording them there. And I thought that was really great. Thank you. Do you think that would be something that you'll get into more? You know, you mentioned video editing. Yeah. So I def I want to shoot more videos. It's been a goal of mine, but lately it's just been, I've just been doing so much photo work. It's hard to, when, when I'm shooting video, it's not like I could shoot both photos and videos. I really have to commit to one or the other. Yeah. And I usually favor photography. So yeah, one of my goals is to just separate some time to just strictly concentrate 100% on video, be able to get my shots, because I've tried the both thing, photo and video, trying to document something, and it's just, I'm I'm not giving 100% to one or the other. I'm kind of doing 50% to to both, and... It's not doing I, yourself justice. Yeah. So I did two. I want to do more. It's just been a little bit of time. Uh, my next per... I actually, I could... I want to talk about my next personal project, which Definitely. I'm not sure if I want to do video or photo for, or possibly hire an assistant to just follow me and do video for it. But my next project, which I'm really excited about, especially excited about now that I could walk again so I could actually do it uh, until I get surgery. <laughs> I, I'm getting surgery specifically after this. Sure. But I hit a bird with two stones in the sense that uh, I'm going to visit my family as well as shoot this project while I'm down there. So my parents now live in Jacksonville, Florida, as well as my sister. And from what I hear from hanging out with some locals there, the biggest college football tailgate party happens in Jacksonville every year. It's technically called the world's biggest cocktail party is what people call it. It's a college football game between Georgia and Florida every year. Georgia Bulldogs, Florida Gators, always like, you know, pretty big college football teams and apparently it's the world's biggest tailgate ever every year which entails i don't know if that entails like the most people or the most alcohol consumed or just like the craziest stuff that happens i have no idea but i'm going there with my camera and i'm gonna document it you're gonna come up with something yeah i'm a fan of neither team i'm just gonna get someone to drop me off there in the morning so i think it starts at something ridiculous like 7 a.m or Definitely. however early you want to start it i went to a football school and they would always start just really, really oh yeah early. just raging early yeah so i went to an art school i never got like a bunch of my friends went to penn state so mm -hmm. they got that experience there tailgating experience but i've never really got to see it so i'm really excited to do this <laughs> i'm probably not gonna drink at all i'm just gonna shoot but maybe i'll you know maybe i will drink a little bit if some people offer have me. a beer yeah <laughs> you know relax a little. put myself uh, insert myself into the project, into the situation. So we'll see how it goes. I don't have much plans besides that. I'm just going there, going to document it, bring my camera. But I think it's going to be photos, and I'm considering having someone come with me to just document the behind the scenes because that might be really interesting sure. to see. Where can um, where can people find you and and maybe potentially send applications to be your assistant for this project? You could reach out to me via email or send me a DM on Instagram. My Instagram is at Jerm Cohen, J-E-R-M-C-O-H-E-N. Also, to plug my Today I Photograph project, it's just at Today I Photograph. So Today I Photographed. My website is www.germcohen.com. I think that's about it. Yeah, if you want to find my email, you can find it on any of those places. Jeremy, thank you so much for uh, being on the Wellfed Podcast. Yes, thanks for having me. Also, it. John, I'm really impressed by these questions, like you doing your research and like, yeah, they, those were great questions. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you, man. Yes. Appreciate it. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Well Fed. This podcast is produced by me, John Sarantino, out in Jersey City, New Jersey, and made possible by all the amazing people that agree to be my guests on this thing. Music is also provided by my friend Kevin Bendis out in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. If you have any suggestions or ideas for people that you'd like to hear from, go ahead and DM them to me on Instagram at wellfed.us. If you like listening, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, or you can also go to the website wellfed.us for more episodes. Again, thank you so much for listening. Bye!